story of finding yourself, finding your way, finding faith. I just think it's gonna be so uplifting. There's comedy, there's tenderness, there's complexity with all of the characters. The production value is incredible. It feels like we've just been dropped into a moment in history. Audiences are gonna get a strong message of love and hope. I hope people feel tearful and joyful all at the same time, and maybe inspired to rediscover their own faith. See what God has in mind. Hey, I'm Britt McCorkle. I am co-director of Jesus Revolution and also the composer. The Jesus Revolution comes out on the 24th. So how are you feeling right now? Oh man, uh, yeah, directors are no fun to be around right before it comes out because we're, we're like, you know, you go into this manic depressive state of like, oh, what if everybody goes to see it? Oh, what if nobody goes to see it? You know, so you're on this little roller coaster of emotions. But at the end of the day, it's out of your control anyway. So it's a really nice, it's a nice spiritual practice to just let it go. I can't control what it's going to do, but I will say everybody's working so hard. It's been really cool to see the marketing team rally around it and tons of people doing tons of press and talking to everybody. So, I mean, we're doing everything we can to get the word out. And at the end of the day, you really have to leave it in bigger hands than, than your own for sure. So, but I am excited. Definitely. Good. That's awesome. How would you sum up the movie or the experience just all together? My personal experience on it? Yes. Oh, it's the most fun I've ever had on a movie. Um, generally movies are very hard and they definitely bring out the best and worst in people. Sometimes you're doing 14, 16 hour days back to back. And it's just, it's a gruel. People don't realize how hard movies are. It's not very glamorous. Everybody's you're moving tons of equipment around and just trying to sleep when you can. And you know, it's a, uh, it's, it's a lot. And so, yeah, the, uh, the morale on this set was very high and everybody loved being there. And it was a real joyous movie. Yeah. I was a little bit nervous. I kept waiting for like a meteorite to fall and like you know do something crazy. But it was a very guided, you know, joyous experience. I think for a lot of people. Now there were hard days for sure. There always are. Um, but but yeah, it was a uh, it was great. And I think you can feel you can feel the love on on the film itself. That we just you can tell. I think from the movie that we had a great time making this and really enjoyed being in each other's company. And it's by far the best um, film set I've ever been a part of for sure. That's awesome. If you could sum up the movie into like one sentence, which I know is really hard, but if you could do that, how would you describe this film? Yeah. in the dark and divided turmoil of the late 1960s, a very conservative square church pastor opens up his door to a bunch of ragtag hippies and um, the power of that gesture changes the course of Christianity in America. Absolutely. So with that, what background did you have on the story before you came into being a director on this project? Yeah, so we've been trying to do this movie. This is our third time to try to do it. Uh, so I was the original researcher for this. John Irwin 
when we were doing Woodlawn together, John Irwin came across this time cover and it had this really psychedelic Jesus painting on it. And it said Jesus revolution. He's like, what is this? And he couldn't find the article archived anywhere. So he bought a collector's item edition off of eBay for $150. And he read this article and he came in one morning to the office and said, guys, this is our next movie. This is incredible. So we were finishing. I can only imagine at the time. So I immediately launched into researching all this crazy stuff that happened in the Jesus movement. And there was a bunch of untapped, beautiful stories that happened. And we realized no one had really ever covered this era of time in, uh, in a cinematic way. And so, so yeah. Uh, and then Lionsgate got involved and they wanted to do a couple movies in front of Jesus revolution. So by the time we got to do Jesus revolution, uh, John Gunn was going to direct it in LA, but the pandemic hit. So it got shut down again. But then the third time that it came around, I was available and really wanted to do it. So I feel, I feel pretty fortunate that it did, you know, it's called, um, unmounting or mounting. So it unmounted a couple of times, but then the third time it mounted, I was, I was available to, to be on it. So I feel really, really fortunate. So my experience has been, you know, doing the deep research, I fell in love with it. I, I came across just some beautiful stories, especially as it pertained to Chuck and Lonnie and their crazy partnership and, you know, the, the struggles that they had, they're both really strong leaders, but at the same time, they, they really had something special together when they were, you know, in league there at the Calvary chapel in, in Southern California. So. And you brought up the time, frame of like the 60s and 70s and with that there was a documentary that came out a couple years ago about the Jesus music movement so can you kind of talk about how it kind of converged and if that really had anything to do with the story or how you came about telling the Jesus revolution yeah I ghost directed on the Jesus music uh and my editor on Jesus revolution edited most of the Jesus music and it was really fun to go back and visit. Even if you look at Woodlawn, there are vestiges of the Jesus movement in that story as well. But basically what you have is a, a revival that sweeps the country, especially in the young people. And, um, and it really does change the landscape as far as how many people go to church, how many people are being baptized, and especially in the early 70s. And so, so yeah, in, the, in that time, there were all these hippies just playing folk music playing uh hard rock it depends on what part of the country you're in so if you if you look at the res band they're in chicago and they're playing this like rock rocky blues kind of like acdc uh, you know um and then you have degarmo and key come up in the same area i think they're more in the south but they came out of the same area as zz top so you hear a little bit of zz top uh you know influences but all over the country there were all these artists coming out up you know coming out of the countercultural movement and coming into the christian church and they're wondering how can we express ourselves and that's really where ccm was born and chuck smith to in all of our research we really feel like chuck smith put out the first actual ccm record and he did that because all his little artists were going out in vans and nobody was paying him any money and sometimes he wouldn't even have enough gas money to get home and so he's like well let's just do some quick recordings and put it on this record at least they can sell something out of the back of their van and maybe they can get their gas money covered because they weren't doing it for the money. They were doing it to actually go out and, you know, share the good news. And so, so yeah, you're witnessing uh, not only the birth of the Jesus movement, you're witnessing the birth of the CCM uh, silo of music. It really did happen because all of these hippies and folk singers 
um, came out of the cultural, the countercultural movement and came into the church and they, and there were safe spaces for them to continue to express their art. I, I'm sure somewhere before this, uh, maybe it happened, but I mean, it, for all intents and purposes, I, I tend to believe that Chuck Smith was the first pastor to ever let anybody bring a drum set into a church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure we could find maybe some obscure story where somebody did, but I mean, he let this rock band love song come in and they became the house worship band and the, they could, do, he would let them do their little, you know, songs about Jesus, but then they would swing it over and do like a worship set or whatever. And really became, um, it became its own genre of music right before our eyes, you know, there in the early seventies and Chuck Smith and love song. And so many of the other bands that came into that church were some of the very first acts to be considered CCM artists. Mm, absolutely. And you also, you mentioned Chuck Smith, which Kelsey Grammer plays in the film. So let's talk a little bit about his experience as an actor. You know, what was it like with him there, you know, to bring him to life on screen? Well, it was amazing. I mean, we all knew he was going to bring in this really strong, you know, really big gregarious presence. And we knew he was going to be funny. Uh, we knew he could play the pastors kind of fish out of water. We knew we would do all that, but what we didn't expect was the heart and the vulnerability, the transparency. Uh, he turned in such a moving spiritual performance and it blew us all away. Even on the day, I just remember being so blown away by his work. Um, and he was just so in touch with his feelings and his heart and his emotions. He just, he, he showed up ready to work and really ready to be vulnerable with Chuck and his what he you know thought that chuck was feeling and experiencing at the time and i think it's kelsey's best work he's funny he's so funny he gets a lot of laughs but man when it gets real there's the tears and just the love that he exudes in the in the entire movie i'm I, I love what he did i'm so grateful that we got him he's an amazing amazing human being Absolutely. And a few minutes ago, you actually mentioned something about counterculture as well. So with the whole late 60s, early 70s, there was that counterculture. Um, But within this film, we see there was another counterculture within the church taking place that laid the groundwork for some of the ways churches started to open their doors to accept people, show the love of Christ. So can you talk a little bit about that and kind of how that was brought into the film? Yeah, sure. Um, I think it's it's really subtle, but I actually think the hippies brought that in. I think Chuck like became a yielded vessel. He's like, okay, whatever happens, I'm going to take my hands off of you and see what happens. But the hippies were the more inclusive, loving, peace, love vibes. And so when they hit the door, they really brought that energy into the church. And so I got to write a scene where a, 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 quadru- a paraplegic Vietnam vet rolls into the door and screams out for help because he's addicted to heroin. And all these hippies basically jump over the pews like to get to him and lay hands on him, let him know that he's loved and that he's safe, that he's seen in the church. And um, I just think for a brief moment in the church history, yeah, just so many of those walls came down. I think we find ourselves in another time today where it's similar, where I think a lot of kids especially feel closed off to the church and they don't feel like they're invited. Um, So I, I hope this is a call back to this brief blip in the, you know, Christian church timeline where, crazy thing happened where they really opened up their doors and made it a safe space for people that quite frankly were so different from them they were actually frightened of them and 
they let me ride a little bit on Kay, you know, too, the, the wife of Chuck, but like she was really like scared of them at first, you know, and it was, it was cool to see her, you know, warm up to them and, and develop love in her heart uh, over time in the movie too. So, so yeah, I think we find ourselves in a real divided time in America. I think there's a lot of people screaming at each other on different sides of the political spectrum. And, um, but above all of that is the love of God. So I, I wish people would get off of that stuff and get more back to love. So my part of the film was really looking at all of the loving choices that had to be made for that moment in time to happen. And I really feel like we could get back there again if we if we get our eyes back on the ball, so to speak. Definitely, you know, get back to the love of Christ, like you said, because that's the reason that we're here is because of his love and his grace. Yeah, I just I just see Jesus as uh, a very loving person. I think that's why the chosen is blowing up. I think people are so tired of um, the political rhetoric on both sides and like co-opting Jesus and all this stuff. It's like, no, man, Jesus stayed out of politics on purpose because he was too busy out, out in the street loving people, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, so if we could get above some of our our hateful positions uh, and move away from what i believe actually is political idolatry it's like i always tell people like when i hear them going on either side of the spectrum i don't care but look at look into your heart and listen to yourself and whatever you're talking about the most that's probably your idol and man there's a lot of people talking about culture war and politics more than they're talking about the love of jesus right now so i really hope that this movie is a callback to that and maybe help someone go home and just think and be like, man, I need to recenter. I've really lost my way here, you know? Um, so I hope, I hope that, I hope our movie does that. It really is a beautiful film about love, acceptance, belonging, compassion, empathy, caring about someone, seeing someone different than you and finding love in your heart for them. I think it's, I think it's real special. I think it's universal. I think I, I my hope is that, kids who aren't even in the church will go watch it and be like oh okay is this what christianity is about because on the news that's not really what it's about but if that's what this is about i might like want to look into this a little further so i i do hope there's definitely some uh conversation and i hope it breaks through and doesn't just play for for the church but maybe other people who would be interested in the period or just wanting to check out you know hopefully there's hype around the movie and people want to go see what, what it is and i hope people end up being surprised by what it is uh lionsgate had some really kind kind words for john and i like it wasn't what they expected but we really tried to take any type of anger or politics or anything like that out of it we just tried to make it as loving and as gentle and fun as possible and because um, it really is, if you if you distill down Christianity to its essence, it really is invitational. It's in, mm. it's like an invitation. And so I think a lot of people feel uninvited right now or like not even like they wouldn't even be welcomed. And so I think we find ourselves in a place in a similar place, you know, with the hippies back in 1969 with the church side. Yeah. And with the trailer, we see even just a glimpse of that in the in the short amount of time that's in that, because we can see 
a little bit of that love and the the difference and that counterculture that we've been talking about, we can see all of that squeezed into there. So like the movie, when it explores that is beautiful. So we're going to check that trailer out real quick. Hey, Square. I am not a square. I think we should invite Greg this weekend. What's this weekend? These people are hippies, rebels against old-fashioned authority. I think these kids need help. What they need is a bath. You're passing judgment on people you know nothing about. Maybe that's why your church is so empty. When God walks in here, brings me a hippie. I'll ask him what it's all about, because I do not understand. This house has a very good vibe. There is an entire generation searching. Slow down, man, slow down. Just in all the wrong places. If you want to reach my people, you need to speak to them in a language they understand. If I bring them in, I'm going to lose my job. We can only walk through doors open to us. In your church, that's a door that's shut. You've probably noticed we have some guests here today. I'd like you to meet my new friends. Welcome. They don't belong here. Half of them aren't even wearing shoes. They're staining the new shag carpet. They need our help. If you feel like you're misunderstood and judged, you will find forgiveness and freedom right here. That was awesome! Now that door is open any time of day. And if there are some who don't like that, well then that door works both ways. All right, Pastor, let's begin. I was almost done with this, but then you did what nobody else would even dare. This thing that we found, I feel like I belong. You're gonna need a bigger church. Our country is a dark and divided place, but now there's hope and it's spreading. This is your home, and I want you to tell all your friends about it. with that trailer, you know, the whole story has the potential to spread the cause of Christ like we've been talking about. So what would you say, without spoiling anything, is the most impactful part of the film? You you see Chuck going up against even his own church establishment, the guys who actually pay the bills, keep the lights on. His church board just wants to keep the status quo. They want to keep everything as it is. And Chuck actually feels a conviction that he needs to let the hippies come in. So he goes against the will of his church board, against the will of his deacons, and he lets these kids start coming in. Well, there's a scene where he actually does, I don't want to give it away, but he actually does the most Christ-like thing um, for a human being that I've ever seen printed on film. And when I read what Chuck did to uh, allow the hippies to be able to come in to overcome some of what the deacons were griping about, it, it's just one of the beautiful, the most beautiful moment in the film for me. I cry every time I see it, but he, he meets the hippies out at the front of the church and he performs like an act of service that allows them to come in. And, um, and yeah, man, I just, I will never get tired of that scene. I remember reading that in my research, what he did to make the hippies feel welcome and how much he humbled himself. And I went to John and I said, John, dude, listen, we could mess up a bunch of stuff in this movie and it will be fine. But if we get this one scene right, the whole movie will work. And I, I mean, all the scenes ended up great, but I still stand by that. That's to me, that's the major tent pole of the entire movie. 
because I hear a lot of people talking about revival. It's like, oh, it'd be great if there's another revival. I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> like, I think we need a lot of people in the world willing to do what Chuck did. And that's when the revival will happen. And so the, the things that he did to make those kids feel welcome and make a space for them in his church is, is remarkable. And it's quite beautiful. And it reminds me of, um, of the loving Jesus that I believe in for sure. And I think it's really important this film today because you brought up a little bit about the church and with what the, just the church has gone through in the past like 10, 15 years and what we've seen in society, this is a really great way to show, like you said, the love of Christ. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's what we need. I think also there's some other stuff that's happened, right, with the pandemic and um, I think that really set us back as a culture. I, I saw even even more anger and hostility on social media because I think everybody was just pent up and just wanting to argue. And, you know, we have the civil rights uh, movement back in the forefront and rightfully so. I mean, there's there's a lot of there's still a lot of uh, ground we need to cover in making our world a, a more justice driven, equitable place to live. And so um and yet in all of those in all of those arguments and fights you're going to pick a side and i guess it's fine to have a political opinion but when it's to the point where you're hating someone or viewing them as your enemy um i think that's where we really start to grind down as a culture but um, i wear a shirt a lot that says love your enemies because that's what jesus told us to do and so in that sense i always make a joke of saying well if if loving your enemies is the uh, prerequisite for real Christianity. I might have met like four real Christians in my life, you know? And so, so yeah, man, he threw down this gauntlet of love that is pretty much impossible. Like, you know, you'd be working on it your whole life. And um, so I'm, I'm less about your moral position. Show me how you're loving. Show me how you're loving people. Show me how you're loving the world, not just your family, but people outside of your family. Show me your love because we know the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, all of those are extensions of love in your heart. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we're the, the last little promotional piece we put out, it had the song, they will know we are Christians by our love. And so we're just trying to hammer that home to everybody, to anybody that will listen. That's the drum I'm banging on this movie for sure. Um, Cause above the right and wrong and your, you know, all of our moralist views, like whatever side you're on, there's the love of God. And I just saw Jesus like sidestepping all the questions of people trying to, the religious community trying to catch him and all these little word traps. And, and he'd be like, well, yeah, but like, who really is the neighbor? And, and he would say, not this religious leader, not this religious leader, but this, this dude, this ethnic minority dude that you hate. He actually was the guy that loved, loved well, loved the best in that situation. He was the real neighbor. So he was a big stumbling block to the religious community because he was always trying to spin it back towards love at least that's how it seems to me so mm -hmm. so yeah i hope i hope this movie is a call back to all of that and gets people looking at it and I, honestly i think the chosen is doing a great job i think jonathan rumi does an amazing job portraying a very loving a loving jesus that cares for everyone and, and so yeah i think i think that's one of the reasons why it's blowing up and and i think um i think people will be drawn to this movie just because of the the loving nature of it like the the vibes we're kind of trying to put out in the world with with our movies so but we'll, well see the, 
<laughs> yeah. Well, and what's interesting is also where the Christian film industry is going because of movies like this, because, you know, putting out movies with the quality and with the real message of, you know, Jesus's love and the fact that all of the characteristics of Jesus all point back to his love. That's that's what's important. And so getting back to that, specifically in the Christian film industry, is is really important. So I love that. Yes, yes, uh, I, I I really appreciate you saying that. I mean, you can do whatever you want in a Christian movie, but you can kill your bad guys and your enemies. You can do whatever you want, you know, but what if we show, what if we start showing more of the love of God? And maybe that's what actually is, that's what we should be pointing to like every time, all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. I, I think, I, I think people are actually getting tired of the hate. Um, you know, when ET came out, we were at the height of the cold war and there are historians that actually believe that loving little movie about the kid who finds a little alien and hides him. And all, you know, it's just a sweet little movie, but there are some historians that believe that movie prematurely ended the cold war. They, they think the cold war ended earlier because of that movie, because it was about love of the other. And mm. so I just, I'm just wondering if we're in another time, kind of like ET where people are just ready to see a really loving film because they know like our culture needs to heal. Our world needs to heal. We don't have time for this hate. And um, so in that particular sense, as far as a, what you would call a Christian movie, if you, you know, if you label our movie a Christian film, which I think it is, um, I, I love it that it's, um, it's positive, it's life affirming, it's about compassion and empathy and loving well. And um, I think you always have to put that first. You know, mm -hmm. I do. I, I think you always have to put it first or it's, it's going to be a fail because what, what really blows my mind about the world in which we live is if you look at all the cultures that have been built around uh jesus if you look at the cultures of time i mean you had the you had the crusades you had the spanish inquisition uh, i mean there was a time in america where you had two very strong factions of christianity one of them uh they both went to church three times a week they both taught their kids the bible uh they quoted scripture together they read you know bible stories to their kids when they're going to bed uh they're the same. And yet one, one culture had slaves and they used their Bible to actually keep their slaves down and tell their slaves that they were meant by God to be slaves for their entire life. Well, the other sect of Christianity in America were the abolitionists and they saw no place in the Bible or in their lives or in the world for another human being to be enslaved. And so it's, it's a little bit daunting and scary to me, but you can build whatever culture you want around Jesus, you know? So I really love I love our movie and that the culture at the time in in SoCal at Calvary Chapel was so loving. It was so invitational. And someone really had to shake up uh, Chuck's belief system. Like, hey, man, your beliefs are wrong. Like, your door is shut to your mm -hmm. church. Like, you wouldn't let my people in, man. You wouldn't let them in. And, and, he, and you know, and Lonnie, the street preacher, just throws down this gauntlet like, if you did let him in, I wonder what would happen, you know, and Chuck has the courage to do that. And, um, and again, starts with the loving act of inviting these crazy kids to his, to his uh, church and, you know, and, and the rest of the story really goes on a rocket booster after he makes that choice. So it's really cool.
Definitely. And personally for you, what does this film say to you and what is it, why is it so powerful in your life and why are you, why are you happy and proud to be a part of this film? I'm going to start sounding like a broken record, but I, I you know, the, the executives at Lionsgate, I'm, I'm so grateful. Uh, this is a major motion picture. It's a Hollywood movie. It's going out in 2,700 theaters all over the country. And that's because Lionsgate believes in this thing but to see uh, the Lionsgate executives in tears at times they're not Christians you know many of them some of them are but not all of them and and, and to see them spiritually moved by our film it's always my hope even if you're doing something with the faith element in it that it goes wide and just touches people's people wherever they're at and so I think the thing I'm most proud of is while this has overt Christianity and Christian themes in it I think we did make a film for everybody and I think it's a film that people from all walks of life could look at and go yeah man I like that You're like I could get behind that you know so I mean some of the coolest compliments I've gotten have been from some of the Lionsgate executives that aren't Christian and just mm -hmm. thanking me for what the film says and that it was they were surprised that we didn't co-opted into a culture war or make it political in any way and they were very appreciative of that but that was all by design i mean it was very a very um you know calculated move we just want to stay away from all that and, and just look at the love of god in our movie and um and how it showed up so powerfully in 1969 in southern california at chuck's church when he decided to be obedient you know so mm -hmm. so yeah i think that's what i'm most i'm most excited i'm most happy and proud of the the tone and how loving it feels and i i say something goofy a lot but i really do think like a movie can give people a hug uh spiritually when they're like alone or sad or just need to connect and i think i think our movie is gonna really have a lot of connection points spiritually for people all over the country so at least that's my hope for the movie mm -hmm. for sure yeah, absolutely. And what a better way to share the gospel with the fact that you are making a movie for everybody. So that's, that's great. Yeah. And the other thing I'm proud of too, and I have to give, I always give kudos to John and Andy, but we're, we're about making the best stuff that we can. And John and Andy are very inclusive and in who, who we hire and who we invite to be on the film. So you've got people from all walks of life, all stripes, and it's up to, uh, the leadership to really try to create a culture that makes everyone feel loved and accepted and welcomed. And so I love this. Uh, it feels like a pirate ship. You know, people are coming from all, all walks of life, but you know, you're putting the best people in, in the positions on the ship to, to man the ship and make sure that we make it to the Island and back. And so, so yeah, just making the film and just seeing all the tears and people from all walks of life feeling that we were making something, um, not only fun, but but also maybe important, something that could speak to culture and, and bring bring love back into the conversation. And uh, so, yeah, I, I would say those two things for sure are my my proud moments, my, my cast and my crew and just the group that we made it with. And also, I think the questions and the the just the loving nature of, of the film spiritually, I think, are the things I'm most proud of. I'm pretty fascinated to see what all those pieces uh, do once the movie gets out into the world I'm really fascinated to see what what's going to happen you know because that we're at the time of recording we're still two weeks out from the movie you know so 
And how can me, anyone listening, watching this, how can we pray for you, the cast, the crew, and for this movie? Yeah, man. Um, I, I would say I, I really do think the church could be, can be, should be one of the safest spaces in our culture. Uh, but a lot of people don't feel that way. Most people, I mean, many people in 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 our world, that's like the last place they think of that was safe. They'd rather go be with their friends, uh, do drugs, uh, go to bars, you know. Um, and uh, so I would say the prayer would be, you know, make us, it's like that Franciscan prayer. Make me an instrument of your peace where there's hatred, let me sow love. I'm going to paraphrase it, but like where there's darkness, let me bring light. You know, it's like, wherever maybe the church could be this place that's like a bastion and a sanctuary see the, the word sanctuary means a safe place to go to like a refuge from something dangerous and scary and I, right now like if you try to explain that to a lot of kids in the u.s like oh no it's a sanctuary like no it's not i'm scared of that place i i don't want to be there i'm afraid you know i don't i don't belong there and so yeah so i think the prayer would be could the church actually become a safe space and a bastion and a, um, a sanctuary for people different than you, people from all walks of life, people who have been traumatized and hurt and need a safe place in their life. And is it okay if I pray over you in this film real quick? Oh, sure. Yeah, I would love that. Awesome. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day that you've given us and just thank you for this conversation and thank you for this film that you've helped to bring to life, Lord. I just pray that it reaches the people that it needs to reach and I pray that your hand is over all of the cast and the crew, everyone involved with this film. I pray that they know you or they have come to know you because of this film, Lord. I just pray that the church really gets back to who, who you want us to be, Lord, because there's so much brokenness in this world. And I pray that this film really reaches the world in that way to be able to show your love in all aspects of your love. I pray for Brent and I pray just that this film is really what, what is good for, for him in his life and his family and everything that your hand is over all of them, Lord. Amen. Amen. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. From Kingdom Story Company comes Jesus Revolution. If you look a little deeper, if you look with love, you'll see an entire generation searching for all the right things, just in all the wrong places. You will find forgiveness and freedom right here. Jesus Revolution. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Early access February 22nd. In theaters everywhere beginning February 24th. More information is at JesusRevolution.movie.